0: Thank you so much for joining us today for Sportsman of Colorado. We're going to kick it off today with our good friend Dan Johnson from Lynn Lyle Chevrolet. Dan, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you today? Hey, man, I'm doing great, doing great. Uh, My Chevy Silverado took me safely up to Meeker here last week, got me a nice elk, and uh, was back in about 72 hours and uh, did me well, so appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, great. I'll have to drop you off some samples. Yeah, please do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, get it back. Well, Lynn Lyle Chevrolet, drive east and pay the least has been the slogan and uh, really the mission of Lynn Lyle. And I've uh, had several folks over here the last few weeks getting taken care of, and uh, one gentleman from St. Joe, Missouri. And, and Dan, I'm telling you, it surprises me every time that I, I get these you know friends that call me in these other states. They go to their neighborhood dealers and cannot even come close to getting the same kind of uh, you know price you know on their trade in or whatever the case may be how does Lynn lyle do it
1: <laughs> that's uh, well I, <laughs> I like to think i would just fair man you know, you know and that that
0: really works. is yeah i guess you're right because you know looking at some of I them mean, there was one deal we did recently and I mean, there was quite a discrepancy in what uh, a Ford dealership uh, was offering a friend of mine, to, versus what you were able to give them. And um, automatically, people think, "Oh, well, you put it back on the other." No, even got a great deal on the other and zero percent for seventy-two months. So that's hard to beat. Yeah, and
1: yeah, you know, like I say, we just try to be fair with everybody. We know the market, you know, very well on used cars. I mean, I got people at auction, I got people buying cars all day long. So, you know, we know the market, we know what cars will do, you know, uh, retail or wholesale at the auction. And, you know, I try to give everybody as much as I can for the trade. Cause that's a big part of the car deal. It's not, you know, the front end. And, uh, you know, a lot of it's the financing piece, the trading sure. piece The you know, you know, everybody says, well, I'm going to get the car as cheap as I can, but you know, there's three or four pieces that go to, to really getting a good deal. And I, I try to help everybody in every every single aspect. And, you know, it works most of the time if they just give us a
0: chance. Absolutely. Dan Johnson is our guest, general manager of Len Lyle Chevrolet, out of Colfax in 225. So so what are kind of, is a zero for 72 months still available? I know that's probably on some selected models. but
1: um, Yeah, we have okay. a couple of things launched in November. Um, one of the good ones is, uh, I mean, I do have zero percent. On most 17s left, okay, and uh, and this month they're launching. Um, you know, when you're a General Motors employee, you know, you do get a discounted price. You actually buy the cars cheaper than than I do as a auto dealer. And they're doing on the 17s GM employee pricing for everyone. So that's quite wow. a savings. Yeah, it's a, it's
0: a great deal. Wow, absolutely. Yep. And service is always good there at Linlow Chevrolet, and I always like to touch on this because I, I keep running to people, and I'll say, hey, go to Linlow and they go, well, that's a dealership. And I'm like, yeah, but everybody just, you know, has come under, and I don't know where all of it came from, but it just seems like it's hard to convince people that, hey, your neighborhood little shop around there may be a good guy, may do a good work on there. But you know what? Quit thinking that the dealership is, you know, twice the price because that's not the case.
1: It's not the case at all. Uh there's been studies run that uh, you know, our dealership or you know, most franchise dealerships are, you know, ten to twenty percent less than, you know, your neighborhood Jiffy Lube or, you know, one of the the guys. I guess we just don't do as good a marketing or something because, sure. you know, we got better techs, we got, you know, ASC certified techs that, you know, aren't just off the street and uh you know, they're they're trained and you know, if you bring it here, or well, you know, part of our whole model is, you know, I mean, we do the maintenance inexpensive, because we want you to keep coming back here, and, you know, we get to see you, you know, you might find something you like on the lot, you know, I mean, there's a reason why we try to stay as competitive as we can, I mean, we want you here, sure, you know, that, that's important to us.
0: Well, absolutely, well, man, thanks for taking care of the last few that, uh, came by, and, uh, we we'll look forward to getting over there soon, and, Keep your eye out for me, a new one. <laughs> yeah. Hope my wife's got not one in listening. the body shop here, too, you know. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. Uh, well, man, we appreciate it. hope you have a good weekend. Get by Lynn Lyle Chevrolet. Ask to see Dan. Let him know you heard about him here on Sportsman of Colorado, and um, I promise you they'll take good care of you. And if you've got some time, and a lot of people have told me, Dan, you know, they've gone on your website, hadn't found what they want, and I'm like, hey, call Dan. Tell him what you're looking for. Give him a little bit. A lot of times you can come up with it that way, too.
1: Yeah, I can. I uh, actually have him working a deal right now. A guy has a handicapped daughter, and he goes, You know, is there anything you can find me with a wheelchair lift? And uh, I think I got that all put together for him. It took me, you know, about a week. Yep. But uh, I think I, I got a deal there that just, you know, it's going to be perfect for him. And, it, you know, it's used. He couldn't afford a whole lot. And so, you know, hopefully, you know, it all works
0: out. And like, like you just said, I'll. I'll go hunting for them if they just give me a chance. Sure. Well, good deal. Well, Dan, thanks so much, my friend. We'll look forward to getting by there, and I'll bring you some elk. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, good. You have a good weekend. All right. okay? Thanks so much. Bye. That's Dan Johnson, Lynn Lyle Chevrolet. Glad to have him in studio, and we've got a, a, a little while here before our first break, and then uh, we'll be talking some more here. Uh, Henry Ferguson, Henry's been on our show several times, and uh, his family's been in one other time, but Stacy, his wife, is here. Kyle, his son, is with us, so... How you guys doing? You can, you can say hi in the mic. Good. Good?
2: All right. Good. good.
0: <laughs> Everybody's good. All right, all right Scott. Interviews are doing a little hunting this morning, actually. Ah, cool. A little bit. All right. Good deal. So, um, where I wanted to start today, um, of course, archery is your thing for the most part. She and is. Um, talk about a little bit about the archery season, um, you know, some things you heard, learned, whatever you want to talk about with deer hunting and stuff.
3: Boy, archery season was full of a lot of learning opportunities for me. I made a lot of mistakes, lots and lots of mistakes. Um, mostly in deer season because antelope season, I, I ended that real early. I actually uh, had kind of a, a strange, kind of a strange August this year. I was in, uh, I was actually working in Vietnam, mm-hmm. and I, my plane landed at Sunday at about noon, and by tuesday so tuesday morning was the first morning of antelope season archery antelope and by one o'clock i was tagged out so like 49 hours after i'd landed (laughs) i was done with my first tag so it was kind of a crazy kind of a crazy season for me but uh yeah it it was a blast it was a lot of fun
0: what are some of the archery things and you you talk about mistakes um Again, we all make them if we're honest. So, um, what are some of the ones that you know taught you a few lessons?
3: Well, you know, I my preferred method of hunting, and I, I love hunting mule deer. That's my that's my passion for um, you know outside of my lovely family. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I really love hunting mule deer, and when I'm my preferred method is spot and stalk. Mm-hmm. So, I I learned that if you've got a good buck spotted. And you've you've found him a couple times during, during the summer. Just stay on him. Just absolutely stay on him. Don't get distracted by other deer. Just keep your eyes on the prize, so to speak. Right. Um, I made that mistake this year, and that was uh, when I when I saw him again the last. But I'd been up and down this mountain several times and had not seen him. Just could not relocate him once the season started, and was up there and up and down, up and down, up and down. I mean, it's not a, not a fun hike. Right.
0: Um,
3: even if you're in shape, and I'm not, but you know, (laughs) but it was, uh, it was a a good learning experience for me though that I I just need to stay focused. If there's one animal that's really tripping your trigger, you know, you've just got to stay on it. Sure. But, uh, I made a lot of mistakes in stocks this year. Um, and something i I was actually talking to a good buddy of mine the other day who's a who's a guide out east and he guides a lot of bow hunters and he said every one of his stocks results in a shot opportunity wow yeah and that to me that was my exact reaction was wow (laughs) because i i mean i stock in a lot and i i find myself blowing it at the last little bit or
0: you think it's patience on our part that we are lacking a lot of times? with I the think stalk? so. Yeah. yeah,
3: I think so. And I, I think one of the things that uh, that really got reaffirmed to me this year was, if there's a chance the deer can see you, assume he's going to see you. And so you know, if there's one route that, yeah, I think I'm, I think I can make it, but I'm a little bit exposed on that hillside for a little ways, No, just back out, go a different route, right. or come back a different day. I mean, it's. Uh, you know, it's it's bow hunting. Not every not everything works, and that's one of the that's one of the things. You know, you've got to be. I think me being an archery mule deer hunter and being in sales kind of go hand in hand because you know <laughs> you hear you hear a lot of no's, but you, you only right. need that one yes, exactly, right?
0: Exactly. Exactly.
3: And that's that's kind of how I approach. Uh, that's kind of how I approach a lot of my archery hunts.
0: Right. How far have you seen deer travel? I mean, you spot them one day, come back the next day, or you know, whenever you get back out there. And uh have you do they travel very far from when or do they usually stay in within
3: you know a few miles? in the summer they'll they'll tend to stay in kind of that they're on that feeding pattern mm-hmm. so they're basically putting on a lot of weight getting ready for the rut and the interesting thing is i mean this you know these deer i mean the the one in particular that i couldn't relocate i couldn't tell you how far he traveled because he just went ghost on me, he he just completely vanished. So, you know, I went up and down and glassed this basin numerous numerous times from different angles and just could not relocate him. So, I mean, they they do that time of year. They do tend to have a smaller home range. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not like the rut when you go out there and see him on one hillside one day and they could be four miles sure. away the next day because that's where the does are.
0: Right. But, Henry Ferguson is with us, his wife Stacy, and son Kyle. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit um, about Stacy's very, very successful bull elk hunt. And uh, saw that picture, and how, you know, you, we always type congratulations. Deep down, we're all like, "You got to be kidding me!" Oh <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, that's what that's what it should be—the deal on Facebook. Congratulations, but. <laughs> You're kidding me. I hate you. No. Uh, but, man, a beautiful bull elk there. And um, talk a little bit about the family hunting aspect. Henry does a lot with his family uh, out in the field. We want to talk about that aspect a little bit. And then we're going to focus on this area of scouting just a little bit more and try to get some more tips from Henry Ferguson. So hang with us. We'll be back with more of Sportsman of Colorado right after this.
3: Attorney Kevin Flesh has the experience and the knowledge to get more than an apology from those responsible for serious accidents. Sometimes saying, I'm sorry is enough.
2: Um uh, sorry about that. It's alright.
3: But after a serious accident, I'm sorry just won't do.
2: Oops. Sorry about that. My bad. Um
3: when you've been in an accident and sorry just won't do, you need representation on your side that will get the job done. Call attorney Kevin Flesh at 303-806-8886. That's Kevin Flesh of Flesh Law at 303-806-8886 for a free consultation to find out if he can help you to get the compensation that you deserve.
0: November is Senior Pets Month at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. Hi, this is Scott Watley, your host of Haystack Help Radio. Did you know that if your dog or cat is seven years old, your pet is a senior citizen? All through November, bring your senior pet in for their annual or semi-annual exam and receive $25 off of a senior pet blood panel and you'll receive an entry for your chance to win a fabulous senior pet gift basket. Senior dogs and cats are at risk for many of the same illnesses and conditions that affect older humans such as diabetes, heart disease, cancer, arthritis, dental disease, vision, and hearing loss. Call 303-708-8050 and schedule your senior pet for their exam now. That's 303-708-8050. Help your pet live a long and happy life. Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center is located at 8681 East Lincoln Avenue. Open seven days a week for your convenience. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they believe that all pets deserve a good life. 303-708-8050 or visit them at LoneTreeVet.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. If you're just joining us, my name is Scott Watley. Henry Ferguson is with us, his wife, Stacy, son, Kyle. Glad to have them in studio. And Henry's a a personal friend of our shows, but an avid hunter and a great archery guy. So we like to get Henry on from time to time. And Stacy, um, wow, very, very nice bull. Congrats. Wow. And, man, it was a deer last year. I mean, a very, very nice deer, (laughs) Henry, she got. So you're, you're, you're... Teaching them good here. Um, so let's let's walk through the that morning,
3: of what happened.
2: Well, Henry's the better storyteller, so I'll let him. No, tell no, it. No, no, then, no, no, you uh, tell. See, it,
3: yeah. I, I was just the Sherpa.
4: Yeah, yeah. No, go
3: ahead. I
2: can interject the truth where needed. But. Okay, all right, <laughs>
3: man. Yeah. So there we were. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So there I was. Uh-huh. Well, so uh, the season started Saturday morning, and you know, legal shooting light was about six forty-eight, and uh, we sat in the truck we got out there real early because it's a it's a spot that uh you know we've hunted this spot over you know off and on for several years so we've got a pretty good idea of what the animal patterns and habits are up there but uh we sat in the truck until about i think it was like 6:35 and finally headed up the mountain and once we got up there it was just cracking daylight Man, we looked across the uh, looked across the valley in the first spot, didn't see anything. So we scooted down about 30 or 40 yards, and I immediately spotted an elk. And so I went into scramble mode, I guess would be the most accurate way right. to describe it. It was like a yard sale of equipment flying everywhere as I tried to get my spotting scope and tripod out. But while I'm doing all of this, um, one one good lesson was learned here, and I'll I'll share this here sure. in just a second. Um, I kind of whispered real <laughs> as quietly as I could to Kyle, get your binoculars out and tell me how big he is, and because I have eight power binoculars, he has tens. And but we we invested in a nice pair of Minox for him, and oh, okay. real nice binoculars. And he pulls his binoculars up, and all I hear is holy crap he's huge <laughs> <laughs> and i mean so now if if my fingers weren't you know shaking already right, trying right. to get the zippers open and get that spotting scope set up now i'm in full-on panic mode Right, and you know my my luck with elk has been uh spotty at best right and so
2: that's i saying it nicely.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it, it truly is. I'm, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, it's tough, man. I, I don't have a good track record with elk. I've killed a couple. I've got a, a five point, a cow, and a spike. Oh, and yeah, I, I mean, that's it. That's it. And I've, I could probably wallpaper a wall in of my office with all my unfilled elk tags. But uh, so anyway, you know, I, after hearing, holy crap, he's huge. I get the spotter out. I get it on him, and I see six beautiful points. And I'm like, "That's all I needed to see." Because well,
2: we were just meat hunting, though.
3: This was truly a meat hunt. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, and it's a it, it's a uh, it's a unit where spikes are legal. So had that thing had one spike sticking out of its head, he better duck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because we were, you know, we were up there to shoot the first legal elk we saw. We so, like elk meat. So. Yeah, man. Yeah, we you. do. I wanted
2: to fill the freezer. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and she's kinda of, she's starting to learn that if she wants elk meat in the freezer she's gonna have to, to go start, do you know. do it <laughs> She has to do it. <laughs> I can't talk I talk about can't. shopping
0: for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I
3: mean yeah. I can't I can't get distracted by elk during deer season, <laughs> right, you know. Right. So so anyway we we get her set up and I, I just I took my tripod off or I took my spotter off the tripod, put the uh put the gun on there for her and so she's getting set up for the shot and we get hearing protection in. I mean we're you know gun's got a muzzle break. it's pretty loud so he
0: ends that bull the boy and senior knew you were there yet this bull doesn't
3: have a clue we exist head down feeding the whole nine yards so he, he feeds around a tree so we scoot over a little bit more about 20 yards and now he's in the wide open and it it
2: well, it was windy, Man. so mm. I had the gun on the tripod, and I was looking through it, but it would, like, blow me off. Right. So it was about two minutes that I sat there just trying to squeeze the trigger off, and I'd have to let up and reposition the gun. And so oh. I could hear – we couldn't hear Henry because I had the <laughs> right. headphone. Which was
3: probably a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> it was protection. a dang good thing because I'm sitting back there going, shoot, <laughs> shoot. <laughs> squeeze the trigger. Just shoot. Now, it please, is. pretty <laughs> please, you know. Wow. <laughs> Totally losing control back there. But and sometimes
0: to, the longer, I mean, for me, sometimes the longer I look through there, the shakier you get. You know, so sometimes you got to pull back, reset, <laughs> and go so, back down.
2: Yeah.
3: So one thing we did real quick is I reached over and I turned the power down on her scope. Got so it. basically, you you come up with less perceived movement. I mean, you're still moving the same amount, but if when the scope's at 14, it looks like you're all over the place. Right. Right. You turn it down to six, and all of a sudden things look a whole lot more Mm -hmm. solid on there. So um, finally, you know, and I I was hand-holding the camcorder trying to capture this moment.
2: But you did capture it. Well, (laughs) I sort of captured it.
0: (laughs) So then you get the crosshair on there, squeeze the trigger, and...
2: Boom, and it dropped, yeah. Wow. It was a 207-yard shot.
3: Yeah. Yeah, wow. Good for you. 207 yards. Yeah. All those stinking cocky elk that were making fun of me all archery season at 200 <laughs> <Yeah>. yards.
0: <laughs> and let, you know, sometimes people they tell me they go go over, you know, equipment people use or Scopes I use, or bows I use, or broadheads I use, you know, because I mean, people like to know that. And I think hunting shows on TV miss this a lot. Sure. sure. For educating people, hey, this is what works for us. And again, everybody's got their own different things of what they like and try and everything. But you were shooting a 280 Remington. Correct. Okay.
3: Yep. That was a borrowed gun because her (laughs) husband's a bow hunter. (laughs) We're going to rectify that. We'll have, we'll actually shoot something with our own Ferguson family owned gun next year. That's, that's a goal. But, Mm -hmm. uh, had a Vortex Viper scope yeah. and uh, with the adjustable turret, so we were able to, you know, we just dialed that thing to 225 because that was where we had originally set up on. Right. And uh, it was a Nosler Partition bullet, and it's uh, 150 grain, I believe. But it uh, did the trick. Boy, it dropped him like shot a bad placement. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah. But you know, there's there's something else there though that this is two years in a row that she's tagged out on opening morning and i am I'm, I'm more and more convinced that She's trying to get me to hate her.
2: <laughs> well, as soon as the, the elk went down, I took my headphones off, and I turned to Henry. I go, what? Like, it's hard? Because I've been after him for years. Right. I just want an elk for the wall. I want to fill the freezer. And yep. he never gets a, that elk for us. Hey. So
0: oh. you got to be in love with a lady that says, I want an elk on the wall, I an know, elk in the freezer. I know. Yeah, that and, works,
2: yeah.
3: Well, and so she did it. She I delivered. I had to take care but, of
2: it myself, but yep. Well,
3: but cool. the impressive thing, though, is, you know, it's two years in a row that, sure. that she's tagged out on opening morning. She got a real nice buck last last year and then a beautiful a, you know, great six by six bull this year. And but the cool thing is, she just holds it together. hmm And I I honestly don't know what it is that some people just have that innate ability to keep it together and others just crumble. No,
0: I'm telling you, we were over in Africa, you know, earlier this year and um met a couple from Missouri and I mean they had beautiful rivals and, you know, Matching gun, I mean kind of like the golf guy that comes out (laughs) and all the equipment. And and we went to the range, lady drilled the bullseye like nothing. Dude, first animal steps out 75 yards, shot about four feet in front of it and hit the ground. And she couldn't hit this building for anything when an animal walked out, but she was good on paper. It's crazy.
2: I think part of it for me was um, when I first started shooting right after we got married, um, shooting bows, we would do 3D tournaments, and so I did gotcha. that for years beforehand. So I had practiced on um, foam targets.
0: Okay, good, good. So Kyle, what do you think about all this hunting it's as really a young cool. man? Huh?
2: It's really cool.
0: Really cool. Yeah. What's your favorite part about going out? You go out scouting with your dad, so? Yeah. Yeah. What do you like about that?
3: Um, probably
4: seeing the big deer and hoping to get one down.
0: Yeah. And, uh, Henry, I want to talk, we've got a few minutes left in this and, uh, we'll come back with another segment, but, uh, um, um, whole aspect of family, honey, you know, yeah. sometimes, you know, just being honest, the women aren't into it, you know, Absolutely. with uh, for the guy and you, you've got a lot of buddies probably with their wives you bet. That have no desire. They don't mind you doing it. They just don't want to do it. So what does it mean to you, you know, as a dad and father and husband of getting to go out and kind of do it as a family
3: sometimes? Well, you know, I I think this goes back to me being a salesman because Stacy wasn't raised. (laughs) You sold her on. (laughs) Yeah, she wasn't raised in an outdoor family. Right. You know, that's
2: we fished, but that was yeah. I
3: mean, she had great parents, but that just wasn't their thing. You know, they just didn't really go in the outdoors all that much. They'd fish a little bit and go camping once a year or so. But, um, I mean, truly, it means it means a ton to me because I mean, uh, most of my memories growing up are you know involved the outdoors in mm-hmm. one in one form or another and to be able to share that and pass that heritage or legacy down to my to my son is just means the world to me I mean he's he's 11 right now turns 12 in January and I mean this kid has been ready to go hunting since uh I don't know kindergarten or so right. Yeah. <laughs> but he's he's been with me on hunts since he was in kindergarten I mean mm-hmm. you know he was there right after I shot an elk and um I shot a cow when we were out um, hunting in archery season, and they were camped over with me over over Labor Day weekend. And he went back and told his teacher, and show and tell, about how cool it was <laughs> to touch the eyeball of an How'd owl. How'd that go over? Hip <laughs> socket. How smooth the hip socket was. And she goes, what a great storyteller. I don't know where he gets these oh, things. Wow. And, and I mean, I, I said, well, um, it's actually kind of reality based, so no. but we brought her some jerky and kind of you know so she understands what it is a little bit more now. But, sure.
2: But well, yeah, when it's hunting season or scouting, he will not get up for school. We have to drag him out of bed ten minutes before he yeah. has to leave. When it's scouting and they go out at four a.m., he goes, "Kyle, we got to get up. We got to get dressed." That, that's He's kind up of, a, out of that's bed. kind of
3: a guy thing. Yeah. There, yeah. yeah <laughs> and he'll beat me downstairs. No. You know.
0: <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Yeah. Well, him have a great fun page on Facebook as well not fit to hunt got about yep. a minute left here but tell us a little bit about that
3: so not fit to hunt it's uh pretty much exactly what it sounds like it's a it's a couple of guys who as we say in our Instagram description we have a we're in a non-committed relationship with our gym uh, you know we have the membership but we see other people right you know <laughs> Dolly Madison hostess, you know Ben and Jerry's I mean we see a lot of Blue other Bell. people so yeah bluebell yeah. so but, uh, yeah, we, we, we love to hunt, and, you know, my, myself, my friend Tim Lang, we get out there a lot. Um, his brother Brad's a, a great guy, mm-hmm. and Stan, I mean, we, we've got a lot of guys that we love to go out hunting with, and, you know, I, it, it's all about how you prioritize your time. Sure. I prioritize my time by spending a lot of time scouting.
2: Yep. I don't and practicing spend, the shots, too. Yep,
3: and practicing my shot and my shooting technique for archery, and I don't spend a lot of time in the gym. Yep. And I know you can't really tell by looking at me. No, hi. Hey. You know. <laughs> <laughs> me and you're in the same boat. I right?
0: know. Uh, uh, well, it's great. Uh, and, man, congrats to you guys for having good success out there. And, Kyle, we'll look forward to seeing you. What a good kill one day, bud. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, you're listening to Sportsman of Colorado. I want to thank Henry and his wife and uh, Kyle for being with us today. And uh, we got to take a short break. We'll be back with more right after this. This is Red Merrill for Phoenix Weaponry. Phoenix Weaponry is a weapon manufacturer that services the firearm enthusiast. From precision ARs to suppressors, Phoenix Weaponry can make your dreams come true. Phoenix Weaponry is a full service gun shop that offers gunsmithing, coating, and modifications to your own weapon. Phoenix Weaponry, family owned and operated right here in Colorado. If you can dream it, Phoenix Weaponry can build it. Call today, 720-340-2496. Again, that's 720-340-2496. Or visit their website, phoenixweaponry.com. Mention Sportsman of Colorado and receive 10% off your custom-built weapon. This is Scott Watley for my friends at Rampart Firearms in Sedalia. This is a great store. Family owned and operated. They buy, sell, trade, and consign firearms. You will find a great selection of new and pre-owned handguns, shotguns, and rifles. If you can't find the gun you want, Rampart Firearms will special order your gun at no extra cost. Found a gun on the internet? Rampart Firearms will do one firearm transfer and the background check for only $10 if you mention Sportsman of Colorado. Rampart Firearms. 720-468-0050. That's 720-468-0050. Located at Highway 67 in Santa Fe in Sedalia. Rampart Firearms opens seven days a week.
3: 720-468-0050. No liberal media bias here. Rush to Reason. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ.
0: Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Going to go to the phones now and talk to our good friend Aaron Casey. Uh, a lot going on today. Tanner Gun Show uh, will be you know today and tomorrow. And then uh, also next weekend on the 11th and 12th in Loveland. And Phoenix Weaponry will be at both of those. So, Aaron, hey, man, thanks for taking a few minutes and being with us on Sportsman of Colorado. How are you? Good. Good, good. Hey, listen, um, well, first of all, you got to do a little hunting. Tell us about that
5: you know hiking with guns you know so
0: <laughs> yeah really i've done all that my whole life yep yep but you got to get you an antelope this year uh we
5: did get an antelope so i was very excited about that suppressed it was a lot of fun that was down in lamar yeah and then uh looking forward to some elk season so good deal fun we're gonna take out the new 338 06 interglee suppressed bolt gun we just made for hunting so should be good times
0: well good good deal man well i wish you great luck on that um Hey, I wanted to talk about something. Something I was, you know, I was looking at your website a little bit before the show today, and um, there was a, a statement on there that said, "Firearms built by shooters for shooters." Why yep. do you think that's important?
5: Well, I mean, if if you uh, build guns for yourself to shoot, then you kind of have an idea of what it is you need out of the weapon, and then when we have different guys that do three gun, long range, they all are different disciplines, and so then that way we can match our our disciplines up with the customers and then we can all build them a better weapon
0: right and and I agree and I mean when I saw that I thought man what a cool few words there because so many times you know you get things or whatever when you think like man did the people that built this ever have any intention to use it themselves because, I mean, it's just its just not functional, you know? Yeah. And, uh, no, so that that was a great, great statement there. All right. We're going to talk a little bit about suppressors today, and that's certainly been in the news of late and all the things with the Las Vegas shooting, all the different things. But um, uh, let's talk about, first of all, um, you know, the different things that you do with suppressors, different, I mean, what, what guns you can make them for, and then we'll kind of get into the uh, specifics on them.
5: Well, we can make them for pretty much any platform. Uh, Revolvers don't work so good, but we could do it if we had to. Um, But we can do it for handguns and uh, bolt rifles and semi-auto rifles and just permanent much for any sort of application you want. If you like to go hunting, if you want to go target shooting, uh, play in three-gun competitions or whatever it is you want to do, IPSEC, um, the suppressor will actually help reduce recoil. It helps reduce noise, and then it will help you with your shooting. And then, you know, as far as hunting goes, um, you're not deaf
0: you yeah really you're,
5: you're not ringing for three four hours so, well, that's yeah, great we can, we can do anything you need with them
0: yeah and um so um trying to think just where to start with them let's just talk about how we want to talk about with uh you know the, the paperwork Let's talk about what it, at least at this time what's needed to get one and uh how easy to get that process started
5: well, when you buy one from us, what we do is we'll do all of your uh, paperwork in-house. We do your photographs, your fingerprints, all your Form 4 is all done in-house. So you don't have to worry about any of that. You need a check for the ATF for 200 bucks. That goes off to them for your extended background check. So what we do is you come into the shop, you pick out the suppressor that fits your application, we do your fingerprints, we do your photographs, we fill out your paperwork while you're standing there, you sign everything, and then we put it all in the mail for you.
0: Well, that's great. So, Uh, Again, Phoenix Weaponry, Aaron Casey is our guest. PhoenixWeaponry.com is the website. Their number is 720-340-2496, 720-340-2496. And Phoenix Weaponry is a custom weapon manufacturer that services the gun enthusiast that would like to have a custom-built weapon for them. And again, we talk about custom. Aaron can do about whatever you want. So, um... You know what? What I've enjoyed, I guess, so much about mine is, you know, she, you on know, my three hundred eight that you did for me, and uh... but the, the twenty two, man, that's just ping, ping. I mean, I can't even yeah. describe. I mean, that is a blast uh, to shoot nope. that as well. But like you say, you know, it, it's still, and I think sometimes people see all the movies where I mean, there's like no sound at all, and none of us are saying that it's that. But boy, you talk about something comfortable to shoot with people, you know, really close in proximity to you because. Breaking that sound barrier, it's kind of the crack out there a little bit. And um, that's what's just been so great. And then it doesn't disturb all the game around too quite as much. Right.
5: Or your other hunters or the and as our mountains get more and more crowded with people, hikers and people on horseback and things like that, you know, opening season doesn't need to sound like a war zone. Yeah. You know, it could you know, it could just be discreet, you know, and everything can you know, the sound won't travel much out of your valley that you're in and you know there's no it's not like it's like you said the movies but you still have a small report of the supersonic crack but it you know it's just is such a nicer experience to be running around the woods with that you know we spent all day down in lamar um shooting prairie dogs a little while ago and we shot all day long almost 10 hours with suppressors no earmuffs it was nice you know yeah. we talk together you know it was you know it was great
0: sure so when you uh, are making let's talk about what's involved in, in making one. I mean, what, what's, what's inside there that makes all this work with a suppressor?
5: Well, with suppressors, most of what you're doing is you're trying to expand the gas and cool it and then separate it from uh, just kind of delay it going out the end of the barrel. So what we have going on with ours is a monocore design with an outer sleeve and then the end cap. So it's a simple three-piece design. Uh, there's no pieces to lose. It's easy to take apart. We want you to clean them because you're not done shooting until your guns are clean, so, you know, the same with a suppressor. So, we like to keep them clean and willed and always functioning for you, so it's, you know, just as simple as we can make it, we can do them either out of a stainless steel core or titanium, depending on if whether, what, if you have weight restrictions. If you're shooting long range, you know, F-class kind of stuff, the weight really doesn't matter. But if you're going to go hunting with it, you know, a titanium is definitely a, the way to go, so.
0: Sure. And then what do you think of the biggest, when people come in and talk to you about it, what's some of the um, just things that you have, the misconceptions about them, or what are some of the discussions you have with people that are coming in wanting them?
5: Well, most people still think that they're illegal, uh, which is actually not the case. They're actually legal in Colorado, and they're also legal for hunting. Um, So mostly it's just getting past the part where they think that they're, you know, illegal to have, um, and then after that it's that, you know, there is still a little bit of noise coming out of them. You know, just kind of muffles it. It's a, it's a muffler for your gun. Um, they're not, you know, um, he, there's, there's nothing sinister about them. You know, it's just another attachment, like a flashlight for your rifle or your pistol. It's really nothing different. And then the next thing is that we, sometimes it'll actually even help the accuracy of your weapon. So, we, uh, you know, a lot of times it's kind of cool to strap a suppressor on something and watch that group just shrink.
4: Sure. You know,
5: usually have a little bit of a drop, you know, a couple inches down. But, you know, you'll still have a much better group usually.
0: Right. And then, like you say, you can help everybody with all the paperwork and all Because sometimes I think people think, oh, man, I've heard it's just a hassle. But it's kind of a one-stop deal there. You know, you buy it there, and then you do the $200. You help with all the paperwork and everything just right there.
5: Yep. It's all taken care of for you. We want our customers to be... Um, informed, educated, and and enthused about the products that we make for them. So we try to make it as simple and as painless as possible.
0: Right. And they can range in pricing from what? I mean, if you're looking at one for a 22, uh, you know, Ruger 10-22 or something like that?
5: 350 up into about $26, 2700 for our 50 cals.
0: Okay. So, wow. You
5: know, we, we have the range, everything from 22 long rifle only to rimfire cans. Um, the rimfire cans will handle 22 mag they'll handle you know the one hmrs all that kind of stuff then we've got you know our 223 suppressors then we have 30 cal then we have 338 lapua then we have our 50 cal and we have our 45 acp uh, semi-automatic pistol cans hmm. and all of our cans are all rated for a maximum caliber that way you can shoot smaller stuff through it so if you choose to go with a 30 cal suppressor you could run your 308 through it and then you could always get our adapter and then put it on your 22 if you had to
0: Gotcha, and you also offer full service gunsmithing, the Duracoat. Duracote, um, and uh, we can uh,
5: do repairs, restorations, barrel threadings, um, rebarreling, new actions. We can start from the ground up with a bolt action and get a new action and do all the glass bedding. It really doesn't matter. We have two full-time gunsmiths and a full-time painter, and it's pretty much whatever you know you need done. We can get it done. Sometimes, you know, some people want some work done on, on on weapons that are just not worth all that much, and we try to let them know that, you know, even after they're done having it all fixed, it's still not worth a ton of money. So that way at least they're appraised of the situation, and they don't have hundreds and hundreds of dollars wrapped up into a $50 pistol. But if the family heirloom, then it has sentimental value, and we can fix that as well.
0: Sure. All right, good deal. Tanner Gun Show today and tomorrow. Uh, they're at the uh, Trademark. They're all 58th and I-25, and uh, Phoenix Weaponry will be there, and then also in Loveland on the 11th and 12th is another Tanner Gun Show, and if you mention Sportsman of Colorado, if you run up to see Aaron at his, off, uh, his office there in Longmont and uh, take a tour and um, all that, and if you do end up ordering a weapon from him, um, if you mention Sportsman of Colorado, he gives 10% off. Uh, if all you'd have to do is mention our show, and then he'll he'll take care of you on some other... It's hard to give a lot of blanket discounts or percentages off because it's depending on what you want to do. But with Cerakoting, the code, all the different things, I promise you, if you mention the show, Aaron will do something special for you, and you can check out their website at phoenixweaponry.com. So, Aaron, before we get out of here today, uh, you and I were talking last night a little bit, and you said that if, if people came in today, if a uh, you know, guy or gal wants to come in today and get a suppressor, we could probably get that paperwork done and get them their uh, suppressor before hunting season next year.
5: Absolutely. It's the right time to do it. It'll take almost a year, so if you got them done here in the next couple weeks, you could have them in time for next, next year's hunting season. Okay, great.
0: All right, man. Hey, bud, we appreciate it. Thank you. All right, thank you. That's Aaron Casey, owner of Phoenix Weaponry. This is Sports from Colorado. we got to take a break, and we'll be right back. Need a
4: place to send in your rifle for the upcoming hunting season? Let me tell you about the official shooting range of Sportsman of Colorado, Blue Core Shooting Center. Open Mondays, 10 to 6 p.m. and Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 8. And for your convenience, Saturday and Sunday, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Blue Core offers the only 100-yard indoor range in Denver. Become a member for only $35 per month and you can shoot an unlimited amount with no lane fees. With your membership, there's no waiting your turn. You can reserve a lane online. BlueCore Shooting Center is even climate-controlled for your comfort. Blue BlueCore Shooting Center, 7860 West Jewel Avenue in Lakewood. Tell them Sportsman of
3: Colorado sent you.
1: Hi, Dan Johnson with Lynn Lyle Chevrolet. We have rows and rows and rows of reconditioned pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Heck, over 200. We can finance anyone, and we have used car rates starting in the twos. Lynn Lyle Chevrolet, I-225 and East
0: Colfax, are on the web at linlislechevy.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush.
3: Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560.
0: Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. If you're just joining us, my name is Scott Watley. We're going to go to the phones now and talk to our good friend Tim Cooley from Open Country Taxidermy. I just uh, saw Tim last week. Fortunate enough to uh, get a little get a nice bull, I was ha- very happy with, and drop it off with Tim. So, Tim, how are you? I'm doing
4: well. How are you?
0: Hey, man, doing great, doing great. I know you're busy, Good. so thanks for taking a few minutes with us today here on a weekend, but we appreciate it. Of course. Uh, so, um, you know, so many guys, and uh, we were at our dealing meeker uh, for second rifle, and Guys, a couple of guys went with one guy, and one of them goes, "Hey, now, do you know how to cape something out?" And the guy goes, "Well, I've watched some videos, and I know it's really hard, but I really wanted to start with this today because this may take a little bit of time. But I wanted to start with, you know, what what can we do? Because here's what I feel, I feel like: what happens in the field determines how good your mount's going to look. I mean, that's absolutely <laughs> right. I
4: mean, that that couldn't be a more true statement. Um, the best thing you can do is, uh, and I try to do my very best with each, with each hunting season, I try to go online and and post pictures and post videos on, on how to keep it, you know, for your taxidermist and uh, the best way to do so. And I'll tell you, Scott, the biggest thing that I see coming through the shop is a lot of people want to cut those uh, ribcage bones right up the center of the brisket yeah. And uh that's fine to do if you're not going to save it for taxidermy, but uh if you're going to save it for taxidermy, you know, you got to get a little dirty and reach up into the rib cage to pull that stuff out and um I
0: think that's where most most mistakes are are made. Yeah, because um, I doubt if these words have ever come out of your mouth. Man, you didn't need to bring me this much cape. <laughs>
4: Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, it's funny, Scott. You know, I tell people if there's a way you can get that little booger in the back of your truck and bring it to the shop, I'll skin it for free. Yeah. You know, I I would rather skin it and not charge than, uh, you know, have to make repairs. So sure, um, it's it's easier to to do a little bit of research. If you're planning on going to a good unit, just to kind of know. Um, your basics on skinning, and if somebody wants to come and watch, I mean, they are always welcome here to to come and learn. You know, I mean, I do, we had 19 game heads hit the floor yesterday, so there's always something to wow. you know, learn from.
0: Sure. Tim Cooley is our guest. Again, it's Open Country Taxidermy. You can visit his website at org, and his number is 970-290-2623. So again, it's hard when you are not don't have a video to watch, but Describe to us best you can. You want to cape an elk. Let's talk elk. Probably the same applies with deer too. So, um, give us some tips there on caping out.
4: Okay. So, um, the best thing you can do is uh, there's a little bump on the back of their head, and that this is this is of course after you get it gutted. Sure. Um, just go from the back of that bump, and you just go right down the center of the dark line. Mielder have it, elk have it. It's super easy. And as soon as you see, see it, it's uh, self-explanatory. But just follow that all the way down to the center of the animal. Do a 360-degree cut around the animal, which is going to leave you that whole brisket area. Sure. Um, and then uh, the next step you want to do is you want to cut them off. If you're not planning on doing a half-life size or a life size, uh, cut them off at the front knee. And then there's a tuft of hair, and it's really super easy to see. Um, it makes it like a little cowlick on the back of every North American game animal uh, as far as antlered animals goes. Um, and you can go around 360 degrees of the knee and follow that little tuft of hair right up to the armpit. Do not cut through the armpit. Follow that line, and it makes like a little crescent moon, and then just follow that straight back to that 360 line.
0: Mm-hmm. that you made previous so well good and that's, uh,
4: that's the best way that's the best way to tube it up and I know it's not always super easy out in the field trying to keep meat clean and everything but sure um, if you can uh, the best way to do that also to save your meat and keep it clean is if you can throw a tarp in the back in the backpack that you're carrying yep. or um, what I do is for the back half of that animal I'll actually skin uh, one half of that animal on the back half that I'm not going to use for the shoulder mount, and I'll flop it over onto the countryside or the hillside, and then I'll take my front quarters and I'll set it on that leather. That way my meat's still clean and I can take care of it and debone it there.
0: Right. And, you know, it's all about preparation, and like you say, a tarp like that, and another just huge requirement is sharp knives.
4: Most definitely, (laughs) And uh I don't mean to promote anybody, but no, go ahead uh, that outdoor the outdoor edge knife yeah that, uh, has the replacement they have replacement blades, and I'll tell you you just never have a dull knife I mean, it's unbelievable. I love those things in the field, and uh you know, for the more tedious work, let's say you're back in there about five miles or so um and you need to cape the skin off of the head Mm-hmm. Uh, if you need to do that, then the Havilon is a very good knife, and they come with replacement blades. And the blades that, excuse me, the blades I like to use are number twenty threes. I believe the ones that it comes with at the store are elevens, number eleven blades. But the twenty threes are are a little bit smaller and easier to work with for the
0: detail work. Gotcha. Okay. And then a big key also, and. I mean, we actually have a company that we promote, uh, game drag systems. and But you you want to be careful make sure you have a tarp under it, a sled, I mean, something, because you don't want to be dragging the animal forever.
4: <laughs> Most definitely, you know, and I, I see it a lot um, with drag marks and such. And about the worst thing you can do is put one of those things uh, behind a four-wheeler or something. Yeah. Uh, if you're wanting, wanting to mount it, it's just a lot easier. I know it's easier at Camp to skin it, but it's a lot easier to take care of in the field if you want a good product at
0: the tail end of it. Okay, yeah. great. Now, also you see this a lot, especially I was coming back from the Western Slope, like I say, from Meeker. You see a lot of animals in the back of the truck. Some guys now with just the pressure on hunters and being ethical. Everybody wants to cover it up. And other guys just got them, you know, spread all out there. Does it hurt driving, um, you know, whether it's several hours or day, whatever, with an animal in the back of a truck like that with just the air and was that going to cause anything with sunlight and heat and maybe damage hair
4: it really depends on the time of year um obviously early early season with antelope and stuff you know we really just tell everybody hey man as soon as you can get it here we need it at least to skin it out and get that the heat out of there um and get the cape off the head um because they'll they'll start slipping in 90-degree weathers in just a few hours. Yeah. Um, And the best thing you can do uh, if you're coming down off the hillside and it's going to be another day or so uh, is just find a meat locker. Uh, Almost every single one of them I've ever talked to will let you put your animal in there in a bag uh, overnight or what have you to keep it nice and cool. And they charge, like, you know, $6 or something. It's not, right. it's not terrible. Yeah, so. for
0: sure. Tim Cooley is yeah. our guest. Once again, it's Open Country Taxidermy. Uh, check out his website at coloradotaxidermist.org. 970-290-2623 is his number, and like I say, this this isn't really an, an ad for Tim. I just wanted to get some information out. I did drop off my elk to him uh, first this last week, and um, and I've seen a lot of Tim's work and um, being very um, transparent. This is my first animal to do with Tim, but seen a ton of his work and uh, feel very, very confident in his work. And so if you're looking for a good taxidermist, we highly recommend open country taxidermy. When when you talk about slippage, you used the word slippage there. Explain what you mean with that.
4: So as soon as an animal is deceased, it starts to decay immediately. And there's a lot of factors that play into that. Um, Heat being the most important one to to watch for. If it's hot outside, get that booger taken care of as soon as possible. Um, Another thing that a lot of people do is they take their deer head that they uh, harvested on the hill, and they are going to spend the next four days hunting elk. Mm -hmm. And so they they take their game head and they put it in the bucket or they put it in the cooler full of ice. Um, Another thing that speeds up the decay process is water. Wow. So um, a lot of people don't realize that, and I wouldn't either, but uh, ice is actually uh, really, really hard on them as well. So what about dry, what about
0: dry ice?
4: That's exactly where I was. Oh, okay. okay. And and (laughs) yeah, we're on the same page. So if you want to put it in a cooler full of ice, um, just put, you know, five or 10 pounds of dry ice in there and that thing will stay cold as long as the dry ice is in there. Gotcha. As soon as that water starts to thaw and the ice, ice, ice starts to melt, then, uh, it's time to either get more dry ice and or get it taken care of. Okay.
0: Now, waterfowl season's upon us as well. Um, Let's talk about some tips for waterfowl. And, again, like I said right at the beginning, what happens in the field will determine how good your mount will look. So uh, give us some tips on waterfowl.
4: Okay. First and and most important to me, anyway, is uh, what I see the most in this. Uh, guys will take their bird that they want mounted and they'll just, you know, throw it in their decoy bag or carry it by the neck. Um, those are things that we really try to avoid. And I try to spread the word as much as possible with the people that come into the shop. Um, if you want a bird mounted, uh, carry, you can carry all your birds by the feet, you know, um, even ones that you're going to eat, um, you don't need to carry them by the neck, and and for me, I think it's more of a respect thing. Um, but uh, carrying them by the feet, nothing's going to get damaged. Right. Uh, and then if you want to get it mounted, you get it back to the blind, uh, set it on top of your your blind bag, and just kind of you know take care of it in the field as much as possible.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And uh, anything that you do before it reaches my shop is going to most certainly make it turn out to be a better product right
0: now is the same rule there with ice uh apply if you if it's gonna be a day Uh, before i can get it to you or something
4: yes yep it'll be the same thing so um deer and elk and and big game animals will start getting uh slip marks or hair loss uh first around the eyes and the ears and uh the nose which is called the epidermis Okay. all of that color of the skin will will basically remove itself. Um, and it just peels off just like dry skin almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and ducks will start losing feathers on the underside by the belly and up by the face and eyes.
0: Okay, good.
4: So those are, the well, nice thing about waterfowl is, is you can put them in the freezer right away. Sure. Um, but there's... Certainly, another process to that as well. Um, and uh, do you have time? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. That? Yeah,
0: please. Okay.
4: So, if you're going to take a bird and you want it to get mounted, and it's you know, you got to take a couple days or a couple weeks before you can get it to a taxidermist. What you want to do? Um, what I've found to be the most effective uh, is to wrap wet paper towels around the feet, soaking wet paper towels, not damp. They would need to be super wet and wrap them around the feet and then lay the head on its back. And you can put a paper towel around the head as well. Um, I certainly don't, but I also make sure that it's uh, completely airtight when when I put a bird in the freezer of my own um, or a client's for that matter. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you lay the head on its back and you put it in a, uh, depending on the size of the bird, either a trash bag or a Walmart bag or what have you, and uh, you wrap it tight, making sure that the tail and the wing feathers are not being bent. And also, where you bent that head backwards to lay on its back, you want to make sure that the feathers on the neck and the chest are not being bent backwards. Okay, so you have to be careful doing that, too. Um, And then you wrap it tight, tape it closed, and then repeat that process. Put it in another bag. Um, long story short, Scott, you really just want to make that thing as freezer-savvy as possible to prevent any freezer
0: burn. Sure. Um, well, good, man. Hey, well, this is a lot of great tips. And, again, we want to help you out as a taxidermist and also want everybody to be able to get a good mount back. So, again, Tim's got some great tips. Check out his website. It's coloradotaxidermist.org. And again, it's open country taxidermy, and you can reach Tim at 970 290 2623. And I'll tell you what, if you've mentioned our show, I know Tim will do something for you. You know, I don't want to give a discount really as far as a blanket deal or money off, whatever, but I promise, if you mention our show, Tim will do something special for you. And it's 970 290 2623. So, Tim, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Scott. All right, man. Thank you so much for joining us today for Sportsman of Colorado. Good luck to everyone out in the field today or maybe on the waters. Hope everyone has a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week.